Welcome to the Conversation Pit. There we go. That happens. You hear that too? I did, yeah. Yes! It's so wild. I actually, having done this just like five minutes ago, I was like, where is this saving? And I didn't realize where it was going to go. And then it turns out they send you a DM about it. So I was like, oh, well, there we go. But yeah, so you can now, it records individual voice. So it's not just uh, one in one whole sound. Oh, that's cool. So you have multiple tracks. So you can cut each side how you exactly. want. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And I could, like, if you're quiet or if I'm quiet, it can fix itself. That's awesome. <laughs> and wait, hold on. Why did I give you regular? Let me just change that. I'll give you the mod thing. Just to make more sense. Um, because, like, hey, if you want to use this place as well for this moment, you could. Like, I didn't realize how, how the potential is this is actually endless, but here we are. This is awesome. So the con and plus I matched it to um what we were talking about on Twitter like months back, the conversation pit, like that little living room area yep, that was yep. built. Oh yeah, that was like a really year. Happened. That was like a year ago, dude. That's that was been like, a year. Dude, it's been a long time. That was like one of my early interactions on Twitter was that. And I've been on a little over a year, so it has to have been Oh dang. Yeah. That was... Yeah, it's it's been a minute. I mean That's don't don't weird. I did not forget about it because I still think it's a phenomenal idea. But, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, this is this is awesome. I love it. So what, what I'm thinking I want to do from now on yep. is I may actually use OBS as a recording thing for interviews and stuff and use this as the audio because I should be able to push or connect this to the audio on OBS. I and then think so. It up because, yeah. because then like OBS, honestly, it's, I, I love the interface. Like, I think it's, I think it's like really well laid out and easy to use and yet still powerful. Like being able to hit, having that whole list of like all your transitions and all that stuff. Cause then if you want to do like, a conversation with somebody, but you want to have overlays, you can pre-make your overlays and just transition to them live and not have to do it later. That is nice. That is real nice. <laughs> I'm not against that at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that way you don't have to do it in post. Yeah. And ugh, just trying to, to deal with the whole tech thing is hilarious to me. Cause it's like when I first started OBS, I was thinking of how I was going to, do because i do interviews on obs actually more so than anything mm-hmm. um usually from how i try to do it and then um i recently Streamyard, any of those online ones isn't good enough hasn't done its its job um and it's not as good so i was right. like ah we need to mix it so this yeah i mean make that's it funny yeah because see the biggest issue i have with all those other web streaming ones is they try to prioritize certain people's audios and then people get cut off. <laughs> Work. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, right? I like, do know. I do know what you're saying. <laughs> and that annoys the crap out of me because, like, somebody will be talking and somebody jumps in to talk, and because the because it's using an algorithm to figure out who to focus on, 
it hasn't pulled their audio levels to the proper point yet. And you and have then, to like wait. <laughs> you have, yeah, you have to wait a couple of seconds. And then whatever they're saying at the beginning gets like lost. And you just hope you can pick that it up in right context. Yeah, no, that is absolutely the worst. No, not. So, no. <laughs> I hate that. I guess you could honestly you could do interviews on here because you could do video calls between people on here too. You could. You could. Although this one I know for Craig it only does audio, I think. Um, but I could just connect this to an OBS and then connect that. Right. Right. And yeah. just like do that for the video. Which yeah. shouldn't be too bad. By the way, this records for six hours. Well, I hope we're not talking for six hours because I don't have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that the limitations is actually not that bad. <laughs> like, I'll give them. <laughs> that oh. wasn't the invitation. That it was going to be six hours. I was hoping. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do feel like you and I could probably fill six hours of conversation pretty effortlessly. <laughs> However, we just end up hating each other. Like, by the time the fifth hour, ki- no, oh. no, it's the second hour kicks in. We're like, leave. <laughs> <laughs> You're just done with this. Welcome to life with a <laughs> combo. I'm just saying, like, do we ever know what we're going to talk about? We just that show up true. and whatever happens, happens. Like, that is true. Yeah. Whatever if happens. You, happens. <laughs> if you pre-plan a conversation, it feels more like a lecture then. Oh, uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. And I feel like it, it defeats the purpose of a natural, genuine convo, too, if the people start realizing that we're just uh, preaching to them. <laughs> oh, dude, I hate preaching. I already kind of just like, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> but because I, I no, I, I've been, I don't know, from all the podcasts I have been listening to, which hasn't been a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, right, I, right. I start that sentence thinking it's going to be a of, lot. I was like, I have a list. No, I don't. I really of don't. all the ones I've been listening to, you know, the two of them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have been pretty natural. Like, there really has, yeah. isn't, like, you can't, I don't know, you can't fake a natural convo. If it's awkward, it's going to be awkward, and that's going to be the fun part. Or at least yeah. I think it's entertaining, if anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love, I, I love listening to the awkward pauses and waiting, and, and just sitting there trying to imagine what that person's trying to think, like how they're trying to, like, restart the conversation or redirect it or even just reply. And, like, just the, the pauses is hilarious. I listened to a podcast where they were discussing, um their marriage breakdown or like no it was a something like that it was like something related Mm -hmm. to that and it was so juicy like i could not (laughs) i was so glued like my ears to the speakers to think was like oh you got to tell me everything where did you mess up like what is happening and at the end of the day i got out of that convo kind of enlightened really because at least the people there were i don't know they they were mature enough that or Mm -hmm. at least develop some form of shamelessness to to talk about it um but it was a sensitive topic for both of them plus it was concepts of like cancer was like kicking in because one of them had it was a lot they they went through yeah. uh, but it was fun i mean sure. <laughs> me speaking. like it was great to hear because you don't hear that often right i i've had this issue where um growing up i've i really don't like like it when people they get into problems and then they don't show how they solve it so like mm. me as a young kid was only seeing the instigation of ish- of conflict, but sure. never the resolution. Mm-hmm. So it was always like, a, it was a huge problem because I got to adulthood thinking that, so do we just wallow in our problems? <laughs> I was so frustrated. <laughs> like, just know, yes. what are the steps? And I never was introduced it. So you had to like create your own or think of, make your own strategies because no one told you what, what was going to happen. 
Right. I was like, huh. Yeah. I don't know. Is this for some reason I feel like maybe I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but then people really don't show certain aspects no, about themselves I, that I feel like they should have. Yeah. No, I can totally kind of relate because it's like it's okay to bring up a problem or to point out someone else's problem, but to talk about the personal journey it takes to get past it is is very personal and we're very guarded socially that way about opening up and showing like the painful steps it took for us to get over that issue or to get past it or to make the forgiveness effort. Um, You know, and that's like, it's different for everybody. What's needed is different for everybody. But, you know, if, if a variety of people were to share more about that, then you would have a better idea of what it looks like in general as well. So I think you bring up a valid point that as kids we're told, don't do that, go ask forgiveness, you know, apologize or whatever. And, and then you just move on like it's over. But internally, is it isn't always over. And that can fester and create problems later exactly. if you don't learn how to deal with it. Plus, it's just kind of funny to me, the whole concept of just introducing a problem and then disappearing to solve it. Because I feel like that gives the wrong impression on anyone who's trying to look for an, a good example on what solution's supposed to look like. And let's say two hours later, everyone's fine again. And then they're like, uh, so what happened? Everybody <laughs> like, turned it into a seven. Yeah. And maybe, <laughs> see, and like, I'm trying to attack my own type in this case, too, because I need to figure out how to face that negativity without mm-hmm. having to fake it through or pretend like it never happened. Because I feel right. like I ended up doing that to myself mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that, but then, so yeah, it's funny. Maybe maybe that's like anti seven to me to be like, okay, I have to face the problem, but because it's not everyone's us, right? Not everyone right. can right. do that whole blah blah, eh. move on. And... Yeah, which, yeah, you know, or bathe in the blood of like <laughs> my happiness and <laughs> absolutely. Everyone's like, absolutely. oh, I'm crying, and they're like, really? I just, by the way, earlier today, uh it was really strange i was having breakfast and then a ringtone sound of megan trainers all about that bass mm-hmm. came up and it wasn't from my phone because i was using my phone and i'm alone today so mm-hmm. i don't know where it's coming no, from no you're not no you're not <laughs> yeah apparently i'm not alone <laughs> so obviously because of the song choice i immediately reasoned that it must be that the ghosts are trying to challenge me to a dance off or like a dance and you, battle. And you won, clearly. Well, I was, like, the thing I tweeted about, it, I was like, I would have been terrified if I wasn't so offended by the right? song choice. Right. So like, I went this to the. Is you got? Yeah, like, seriously. So I pumped up um, a lot of the really, I guess, so called bad songs. Um, on, I hooked up on my dad's bows, like, maxed out the speakers in the bathroom. And it's like, you want to, like, if you want to communicate, there is a fogged up mirror right now. Right. Like, show me what you got. And it's like, Let's nothing. Go. Yeah, and it, it was just a strange, the strangest morning. Yeah, no, I mean, I've had, probably had stranger mornings, but this was one of those things where, am I really, like, I guess I'm not alone today. Oh, well, and I'm, ha- I'm here right now on a podcast trying to talk to you about it. <laughs> but there's probably a person in this house that I don't even know where they are, and I'm just here babbling. Hey, whatever, you know, I mean, if, if they weren't hearing it, you know, from you directly right now by eavesdropping, they could hear it later on the podcast, so who Pretty cares? Much, just... <laughs> They're like, what, what? I'm like, if they start stealing, I can't really leave because I'm busy, so. Right, right, yeah. Although they probably should. I need to get rid of a couch. 
have you ever bought those those leather couches um have you ever done furniture shopping let me put it that way i actually did recently my wife and i went and bought a new furniture set for our living room because um when we moved the house we moved from only had like one living room area and the house we have now has like a, a tv living room area upstairs and then like a formal living room area downstairs That's but we amazing. only had one we only had one couch set um uh, right so yeah. what do you do like where do you put it right so um no we actually did recently went and um got a, a new couch set so yes i have quite recently had that experience i am been meaning to go go out furniture shopping but then i realized that we've been trying to get rid of things because we've having my kind of parents they've kept a lot of things for mm-hmm. a little over 20 years if not more so it's fine but i'm starting to see the effects of the, the aging of the furniture because i feel like mm-hmm. the the cabinets that i have are giving off a smell Ooh. so like that's like transferring to the clothes a friend of mine is even pointing out that there might be mold in the house somewhere and i was like Mm. Right, well, we gotta get rid of that which by the way For i don't real. know how to like what what do we do do we have to scrape it off like what uh, the... it, de- it depends on what kind of mold you know what i mean like like if it's just like regular everyday growing on the surface mold then that's yeah i mean you you like scrub it actually if you use a uh bleach water thing oh. it'll it'll kill the mold a bleach water that might actually yeah. be helpful i do have my mom has a lot of bleach i don't know why she carries a lot of bleach but yeah. I wonder if, if it's, it's, if, if, it's, it's if, it's worse, if it's worse than that, if it's like legit black mold, you actually have to have like a containment team come in and seal really? it off and all that. Yeah, because it's like it, if it gets in your lungs, like you can get a lung infections and all kinds of horrible, horrible things from black mold. Oh. So nine times out of ten, it's not black mold, <laughs> but. I love that we just went to that. Man, I mean, <laughs> like, hey. how you could die and have a containment team over. I was like, actually, then I wouldn't be alone. I mean, <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> or maybe you'll find that person in the walls instead of just. Oh, I saw a trailer of ghosts hiding in walls, but I don't know. Like my first instinct when I thought about this, if somebody was living in my wall, they must have been rudely awakened. If anyone were to punch a wall, like ruin a drywall or something, because right, yeah, poor guy. Uh, but apparently, I don't know. It's apparently it's I forgot what it was called the movie, but there's a lot of uh, is it? They are refugees from an African country, and then okay. they were they moved to London, and then they had to f- somehow survive. But then they're also being haunted by the spirits of whoever lived in the wall. So I was like, okay, interesting. interesting. Yeah, it, that poor yeah. family. Like that's. They kind of got a rough go of it there. Yeah, they. they it was already I mean, hard like, enough to like get on a boat and leave, and then suddenly you have to go to a haunted apartment. Right. It's, like, it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult enough being a refugee. Like, but let's throw in haunting as well, and living in a crazy city. Like, I don't, I don't know how many people that are listening to this have ever been to London, but trying to navigate that when you're completely unfamiliar with it is maddening. Streets in England make zero sense. Really, my parents have been to to London. Actually, that makes sense because they they were lost many many times. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, no, it's, it's crazy. 
Do you find that funny though in films? Because I feel like there's a boardroom of people and then they're all spitting ideas and then somebody just says, why don't we just mix all of these problems, give it to a poor family and then make it happen? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. does not happen in life at all. No, it doesn't. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. See, so this is what's fun. I love talking about films and story lines and all this stuff simply because I'm in film school right now. Oh, so, nice. Let's do it. All right. So, um... Part of writing a story is one, it has to be relatable. But the thing that they right. fail to tell you is that in the middle of being relatable, you don't just keep adding scenarios. Right? And and I think exactly what you said happens. Like they're like, this film isn't interesting enough on its own. Let's add this, let's add this, let's add this. And that, alone, and that alone is a good warning flag to tell you you don't have a good story. Gotcha. You don't have a good plot. It should be able to stand on its own. I right? Like, like a, makes, single, no, a yeah. single story concept should be able to stand on its own. If you have to add too much, what you're going to start doing is stripping away that believability and the ability to suspend belief or disbelief, sorry. Mm-hmm. When you're watching it and it's going to drag you, those watching it think films like that drag you out of that watching experience. You don't feel like you're in the film anymore. You, you realize you're watching it as opposed to being immersed in it yeah. because you can't, it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel real. So what is, so what is going on in people's minds when they just want to keep adding more? Like, did they not go to school? <laughs> Not, well, not everybody not everybody does some people just start up independently right uh that's true yeah a lot of people just start shooting film and trying to make their way on the indie circuit and work their way up um, which would have been fine because i would expect yeah. an indie film would have at least the the nerve to actually right. be a little bit better than those high studio which i feel like money comes into play right because Sometimes sure. if you really want to get money right away, you might sacrifice the story just so that you could push the movie out fast enough. You may. Versus, and it, right? It, the other thing is, is you never know. It could come down to executive producers who are the people who fund the film may gotcha. say, nope, I want more in here. Nope, I want more in here. And they're all trying to put their fingerprint oh, on oh, the like film. The too many cooks in the kitchen yeah. mentality. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways to ruin a film really quickly, and it takes a strong um, producer and director to hold that vision and keep it clean. No, you're See? right. Uh, I was There's a side of me when I was a kid where I wanted to be a director because mm-hmm. I thought that I had a lot of ideas and I want to bring it up. But then you realize as you get older then how the complications of filmmaking is, and mm-hmm. then you actually have to, you're more of a, a manager than anything else. Yep. while also being the creative powerhouse oh it's a lot it. yeah like, it's a lot although wow major respect to all the people who actually branch out into directing films as like dang it's, sure. it's not easy no and, no it's a lot of work there's a reason they're paid well yeah no absolutely versus say like yeah no versus acting versus like the camera crew and everything it's they have to oversee all of it yeah so it's, it's damn um wait what would make then well how would say of all the films you have watched or have experienced studying, let's put it that mm-hmm. way, what kind of mm-hmm. films then really would you say have a really good uh, grasp on like a successful film? So this is to me, um, 
I like films where it follows a person and not instead of having a premise that a person happens to be in. Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Wait, okay, do, you have a, so, do you have a movie to So like, to um, yeah. So like the um, Will Smith in Ali. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that was a really well done film. They used a lot of, because we, we had to break down the first eight minutes of it in, in class the other day and individually give our thoughts on it. And what, until you start doing things like that, you don't realize all the work that really goes into it because you're just watching it and you're like, oh, they, you don't think about the transitions. But in the first eight minutes, it's all it's doing is showing him working out, okay, as Ollie, doing, doing his runs at night, boxing in a gym, speed bag, like all that stuff. That's what it's showing and it cuts mm-hmm. back and forth to a concert. And it's like, it fits because the music from the concert is the background music to him working out. But you don't realize visually, why are we cutting back and forth? Because the concert has nothing to do with Ali, except that the music is what's going on in the background. But it's what's called juxtaposition, right? Where yes, yes. you start looking at it and realizing Ali in his training and, and working was isolated. He was by himself. He was a single person versus this crowd of people who are enjoying themselves together with other people. So it creates this stark contrast and gives you, helps you to identify with where he might be physically and mentally um, during that time. No, I like that. Actually, that's translating in my mind as a, a filmmaker's ability to not having to spoon fa- feed a film right. to you, right? Like yep. you, it's almost trusting that the audience who's watching can actually make sense of what it is. I mean, I've seen this a lot in a lot. Uh, it doesn't have to be in film, like even in any kind of creative kind of pursuit or project, mm-hmm. where if you have to overly explain what your vision is, it's not that good. Right, because it needs to hit the mark, and if it hasn't yeah. hit the mark, then you're not really gonna pull at the heartstrings, let's say, exactly of the person. Yeah. So that's actually kind of cool because you're right. It <laughs> counter the two images together of a person working out alone versus a concert going on at the same time. It's actually genius. Like that's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of like other films that I, I don't. Gosh, I've never really looked at a film that detailed before. Like right. my friend right. is though. My friend does this a lot. Um, talking about the cinematography and everything, and I'm always just, I'm just here to enjoy. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Until until you start really diving into it and picking things apart and going back. Like I rewatched that first eight minutes probably six times to pull all the detail and information out of it. Gotcha. And you would think you hear it and you're like, listen, watch eight minutes of film six times, like back to back. I would be sick of that eight minutes of film, but honestly it did nothing but help me build my appreciation for that eight minutes of film. Because at the end of the day, it's an art. It's an art right. form. Exactly. Now it's making me think, what are the dang things I've been looking at? I'm just trying to think now of like, cause I, another thing that I really like in films, uh, which probably isn't related to maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the, like the use of color in film. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's a piece of me that really appreciates noir films, but at the same time, I also appreciate those highly aesthetic wolf single solid color that's uh-huh. like distributed in a scene, which I mm-hmm. always thought was really interesting. Um, I haven't really fully watched uh, Sin City, but I know Sin City was very noir, but with like splashes of color 
right. going along. And I'm trying to figure out, there was like other films. I know La La Land had a lot of color. Yes. That was like a huge, yes. one of the huge things that they were doing. Um, even Moonlight, I think, had that too. Like they would represent different phases of a person's life via color. I mean, I may not be accurate in right. saying that, but I feel like that's a big part of it as well. Because it, it could just be a graphic design thing, right? Like colors can evoke a certain mood in a person. So Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's colors have universal meaning, right? Like in a film, a blue coloring gradient on it tends to make people feel like a coldness emotionally, mm-hmm. a lack of connection. Um, you know, red is, is passion. Yellow is exciting. Um, you know, and it's a little bit different in film than it is how we attribute, you know, like green to envy, yellow to cowardice and all that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little different how it comes across because you're not doing it. I mean, in some films, they do it very blatantly, like Sin City, for instance, where it's black and white, but then you get this, bam, here's this red. Yeah. Right. Um, part of that was just for trying to hold to the graphic novel effect, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Because yes. it was based off a graphic novel. So they're trying to make the film look like a graphic novel um, more in that way. And they do that a lot in graphic novels. Um, but um, so there is, there's a YouTube channel that I go to and I watch. They have um, all kinds of information about breaking down film scenes and directors and shot selections and camera angles, like everything you could really on a basic level want to know about it. Um, yeah. It's called Studio Binder. If you go to YouTube and look up Studio Binder, you can get lost in there forever watching these videos. And they break down uh, different director styles. Uh, Wes Anderson films, they break down like how he does it, why he does it, why this is unique to him and all of these things, you know, and um, they have one specifically on color grading and oh, how different directors, how different directors use color grading in different ways to do different things with it. Um, so yeah, it's really, really cool um, to notice that and to see that. Nope. That makes absolute sense to me now. I love it. it I just, I'm looking at it right now. I'm browsing through it. I remember I yeah. passed through um, Quentin Tarantino's. Yeah. I it's, it's really interesting. I know people have opinions on Quentin's style because I know I come from a side of the people where they're like, "Oh, that's a little too much." But I can appreciate his what he's trying to do with the aesthetic of violence oh, yeah, in a absolutely. way. Because Kill Bill one and two has been something I come back to every now and then. Because something about it is it's almost comedic to me, but it's also weirdly what is the word authentic at the same time. Right, like it does it well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just I think I think something that he's able to pull out is he's able to visually represent how you would feel in those situations. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it doesn't have to be realistic. Right. Emotionally, everybody goes overboard in reactions internally. Yeah. Right? Like we just mm-hmm. do. And then we're taught over and over and over and over to no, that's not how you react. That's not what you say. That's not what you do. And so we suppress those emotions. We still feel them inside, but we learn how to control the reaction to them. And I feel like he's showing what those reactions would look like. Full yes. blown. 
Yes, because I feel like there's even like even in the films, um, like Pulp Fiction, for example, it's I love it because they it's almost uh they're not really focusing on the plot anymore. It's just enjoy this mess that I've presented to you, and it's yeah, yeah it's a ride. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. Why it is. not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like trying to walk through a carnival and only look at one thing. It's impossible. And- is it is it crazy? Like maybe you you relate to this too, but I, I kind of like looking at chaos like that. Like just being, if not engrossed or immersed in it, like having everything happen at once. Uh, I had a phase where I used to be really obsessed with looking at really complicated backgrounds, like mm-hmm. for for pictures. Even I knew sure. there was this artist who would literally fill up the desktop the desktop space of your screen with just every single possible detail of a busy downtown Chinese like background. And oh, nice. it's so interesting to watch because, yeah, there's colors and it's everywhere. But then you keep looking and in every single frame or every small section, something's going on. Mm-hmm. And there, it's fun because you get to see that there's an intention behind every single character that he put into this picture. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow. Some people got some people got it. <laughs> I can't help but be yeah. impressed. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, as, a, as an extroverted sensor dominant person, I love detail. The more I have there, to it, learn to appreciate detail. <laughs> the, the more there is for me to unpack, the more I appreciate it. And so, Actually, like, yeah, like so, so I've come to see that that plays a big part in people's art preferences. I um, really love hyper realistic pictures, the high resolution, high definition, like as crisp and as clear of a scene as I can get so that I can interpret, I can then see the reality of what I'm looking at. Whereas some people prefer just the impressionist style where this is kind of what it represents, but it's up to you to interpret exactly what that would look like. I think, yeah, because you're touching on my side then because it's, uh, right. although I wouldn't say I'm strictly impressionist, there's a huge piece of me that's, um, I'm torn because there is the pop art side of Warhol that I'm super into, like the commercialized, almost robotic manufactured art. Mm -hmm. Something about it is fascinating to me. And then you have like Basquiat's neo-impressionism where it's Mm -hmm. just a crazy kind of... One of my favorite ones is that that skull he used with all the different colors that he could think of or lack thereof, puts Mm -hmm. it on paper and then just makes it happen and i think my reasoning why i'm super into that kind of stuff is like you said like being able to project my interpretation on it especially i look at it from the from the kind of the framework of if i were to own this piece it would be mine so i would make whatever it can i always kind of believe that like art is what whoever bought bought it to be because it's whatever really makes the other person feel yeah not so much what i feel I, I, I don't know. Some people might disagree with that opinion because they always think that, oh, art's kind of a, a personal thing. And I'm like, that's, I can see the why. But if you opt for a commercial, like if you're trying to sell your art, you in effect giving it away yeah, like, for someone else's pleasure. So yeah. it will be whatever they want it to be. Yep. So it's like, but then that could be a beautiful thing too. Because mm-hmm. some, some of that stuff is amazing. Like I, I don't know. Like that's where my gig is. Um, <laughs> like when I, whenever I think of like screen printing and I've always wanted to try it, I've never done it. Uh-huh. Um, like Warhol screen printed like the Campbell soup and the Marilyn right. Monroe. Yeah. And 
I kind of want one for my room. Like, I actually really... <laughs> but it doesn't make sense because I'm trying to make a beach room. So... <laughs> Mm, yeah, it doesn't quite the fit. The contrast is not gonna really fit aesthetically. But... <laughs> just, just pick like one wall to be beach, one wall to be exactly. you know like industrial, and one to be. <laughs> yeah, about room aesthetics, it is work. I didn't realize how how oh, much dude. work, but it is like especially as I have friends who like they've kind of introduced that to me. The I guess the magic of it because it almost looks like witchcraft. How they could just create a space that has the exact mood that they want because for me it's just very maybe that's just my low detail sensing side of me it's like i don't really care like just normally but then that doesn't mean i don't appreciate it like i would and then i realized i could actually do that if i just gave a crap (laughs) just actually paid attention i was like oh this could actually work and then Yeah. yeah i'm like no i'm the same way i can appreciate those spaces but i'm terrible at creating them i'm like super minimalist um when i lived on my own like yeah when i lived on my own i did zero decorating none of my furniture matched it was just kind of whatever i could get i didn't care right like was it comfortable i was worried about function yeah no absolutely and Um, and it worked so i wasn't worried about it I mean, mine were just hand-me-downs, which I'm st- starting to get rid of because, again, like I said before, 20 years ago, like these have been in existence. They can literally buy their own drinks now in there this country. <laughs> How old does that make you feel? I have aged. Yeah, I don't feel old though. Maybe that's just a this is a time thing. I don't remember. I remember your topic you brought up about the time thing. I, I don't. I can feel the effects of conceptual aging, but I don't feel the effects of physical aging if that makes sense or mental aging there you go see i feel the effects of physical aging but mentally i'm still 19 (laughs) 19 is the number i've latched onto that i have decided i'm not going to mentally mature past that's actually a good age if you really think about it you could already drive in 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 bc you could actually get yourself your your drinks although in alberta you could get earlier but um you could you start you can start getting taxed um or get your refunds at 19 mm-hmm. uh and what's the other one um there's a lot you can do at 19 yeah actually. Yeah. I, I, yeah so i mean it's like <laughs> it's old enough to have freedom but young enough to not have to be fully responsible oh because you, know? you haven't hit your 20s <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You Still a teenager. So you're like the oldest teen <laughs> but not yet the youngest 20 <laughs> exactly yeah I'm... Physically, physically, I've destroyed my body, and I feel ninety some mornings <laughs> when I wake up. Like destroyed my body, like, dude. I'm not even forty, and I'm on like a daily arthritis medication. Okay, really? Yeah, wow. yeah. Work. I mean, dang. I mean, I got I, mean, I got friends who have like, cholesterol and like I like my dad has diabetes, which is by the way, it's kind of funny because they're always warning me about you could get it um which is fine like right, <laughs> i've done right. the math i could get it uh at least i'm not because i have a friend who only eats sweets and it just Ooh. doesn't affect them it's so weird the genetics is like the weirdest thing i've ever one of it the weirdest concepts because they can eat everything and somehow still be alive on a diet of just meats and sugar see that's pretty much what my diet is <laughs> if i could eat steak for every meal, steak and potatoes, right? Like okay. red, oh, red meat, red meat and starches. I would be <laughs> so happy. So so happy. And 
I have, I definitely have a sweet tooth. So like I like my ice cream and my candy bars and my soda, which I mean, I'm having to make myself cut back just because like, yeah, I have a future focused wife who's concerned about me dying in my forties. Like, <laughs> like it's, you know, 1890 or something. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I'm, I'm having to be more conscious of these things, but yeah, that would be, that's like my ideal diet. I'm trying to think of my ideal diet. Actually, wait, no, I, I do have an ideal diet, although it's very routinized, I think based off of my memories of the past, like I would mm. want, there's this Philippine sausage that I could not live without. Mm-hmm. And that's mixed out with some eggs and some fried rice in the morning. And then, yeah, steak in the evening sounds great, actually. That's not bad at all. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, and every once, in a while, every once in a while, I've got to throw in a Caesar salad because <laughs> they're delicious. But just a Caesar salad? Like, uh, not the other salad? I mean, I can deal with the other salads, but Caesar's by far the the emperor. That's the chosen of one. That's yeah. the chosen. Oh, that's interesting. I've never. No, it's um. What's my? It's I've never really. I don't know. I felt like maybe I. My Caesar salad impression is that it just seems bland compared to like a full on vegetable drowning moment. Like I, I would often mm. like one of my. Bad. Well, I keep saying thinking it's a bad habit because I am spending money to get it, even though I could probably make it myself. Uh, those poke ball bowls, right? Um, the Hawaiian dish thing where you mix it with you, the one I usually get is kale, quinoa, some ginger, and cucumber. Like it's just and then just put in a bunch of the raw salmon in that mm. and just like devour. That's kind of my idea of a salad now. i go after the thing if i were to go to hawaii which i don't know when that's going to happen but should i do uh that's definitely going to be a staple diet for me because i mean a part of me half of me wants to do the island gig like Mm -hmm. full-on leave everything and become that one man's an island situation because i could probably deal with you know the cooking of the raw fish sorry lack of cooking the eating of the raw fish yeah um yeah it sounds great actually anything that has has to do the least with humans is my my life now right because like we've established previously people are bad well humans were a mistake (laughs) (laughs) whoever decided that we were going to be at the top of the food chain made a mistake (laughs) because it was no um it's funny though people might be like oh but there's good people i'm like i'm not talking about the good people i'm talking about the majority who already suck yes so. The, uh, uh, the mobs of people that exist yeah there's plenty you'd think Absolutely. that they'd stay in the underground where they belong but that's right. just never really been the case i think the internet's to blame with that too giving the wrong people a voice maybe oh, that's controversial yet brave of me to say but yeah <laughs> have have internet explorer has an iq test that you log on yeah you know people need to do a test to drive, need to be a certain age to drink. They really should figure out when they could start using the internet properly. Or have kids. Or have <laughs> Yeah. Well, some people don't should not be parents. Exactly. That's 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 exactly the point. And the, these are probably the same people we're talking about that shouldn't be allowed oh. on the internet. Oh gosh. I the amount of weird because I come from a background where I've 
encountered, thankfully never engaged with like people who are just off the rails. And frankly, I feel like are very bored. Like, is this all they do? Sometimes I always wonder if people could have hobbies. Like, it's this recurring thing now. I'm like, don't you have a hobby? Right. Like, play a game. Like, is that weird? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, go go do something to keep yourself out of trouble. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. watch these YouTube videos. I mean, I spend my nights right. watching Sea Dogs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just my. And, and why not? Why not? I spent this morning also before the whole the Ghost of Megan Trainers um ass song came up. I was obsessed with labrador dogs swimming for the first time like puppies uh-huh. and then one of the dogs actually fell like literally dove in this like eight week puppy nice. and then just going oh i'm drowning and i had to laugh and other people <laughs> were like it's so they were so scared they're like oh no moose is gonna die also why would you name your dog moose that makes no sense that doesn't make sense to me but anyways i feel like he deserved it then because you named him moose that's your yeah. problem that's but, what you get right he, he dove in but then it's fine because they saved him like two seconds later. He didn't actually like drink the entire right. pool and died. I right. just thought it was just one of those moments where you know the kid that trips because it yes. was their fault. It's yes. funny. It's funny. It <laughs> is. Yes. Some yeah. people find it weird. I I don't know. Like I humor is definitely subjective, but it's oh, just... yeah. Comedy, yeah, no, by the way. What's your take on comedy? Uh, well, there's so many different kinds. Which kind are you asking about? Um, well, do, what do you gravitate to? Um, I actually like a wide variety of comedy. I, I mean, I spent a long time in the early two thousands obsessed over stand up. Uh, uh, yes. And there were there was a lot coming out um, on a more public level that was easier to access, and mm. I loved it. Uh, I still enjoy a good stand up routine. It's hard work. I, it really is. I have so much respect for him. I was like thinking about one, at one point in time, I was like, I'm a funny guy. I like telling stories and jokes. Like I could be a stand-up comedian. I have no problem with performing, but then to write the material because you can write a joke, but they don't just write a joke. Their joke leads to a joke that completes their first joke that originated off of a different joke. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's mm-hmm. all interwoven so tightly um, and that is such a skill to write that way. And then to remember all of the connecting points to perform it that well. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's tough. It's and it tough. needing the audience's reaction because timing yeah. is everything. It is. I did an episode with, with JC where we talked about comedy and I asked her like, what makes a good laugh? And it's, it has to be timing because you could deliver your best joke, but if it was just in the wrong way, it wouldn't be funny. Yeah. See, that's funny. It makes me think of um, growing up, I watched Star Trek Next Generation, right? Okay. Um, and uh, there's they have an android, Data, on there who is trying to become more human. And part of that process is he is studying stand-up comedy. And so he <laughs> memorizes this joke and then tries to go tell it and nobody laughs at it. And he doesn't understand... Why? Because he's like, I did the same voice inflection, um, everything. And they're like, it's just timing. He's like, no, that's not it. Because I calculated it and I used exactly the same pauses he did and all this. And they're like, no. It's not that kind of timing. It's not that kind of timing. It's just timing. (laughs) 
Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting because we don't think about all of these things that our brain processes effortlessly to understand. Um, but then when you try to boil it down to its base points, trying to quantify it can be really difficult. And I think humor is one of those things that's almost impossible to quantify what makes it funny. Sure, it's content. Sure, it's delivery. Sure, it's timing. And all those things have to work together. But, you know, you take, for instance, take, um, uh, say, Jim Gaffigan and Chris Rock, and they can't deliver the same jokes. It just doesn't work. They can't oh, yeah. even even if even if it had nothing to do with one of them being black and one of them being white and predominantly their jokes matching their their racial social structure, you know, a general joke and it just doesn't come off the same way. So you have to write for your delivery as well. Well, that's the kind of my other point that I was gonna bounce off of. You kind of have to know your audience too, because yeah. you're almost bouncing because I remember I had a phase too where I would be obsessed with watching roasts, like comedy roasts. Those are you great. need to know the people that you're with in this room. It's, yes, like, you can't just and you can't just spit an insult and assume that that's going to be taken. Even though obviously it's go big or go home, but I remember there's this critique where it has to come with a punchline. Like you have to actually punch the guy, and it's got to be funny, right? And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, it's just. No, I, I can't do it. I I thought about it. Like I thought that I had the fantasy of let's see if I actually did it. Touring as a stand up is gru- grueling. It's like yeah. torture. No, Repeating, it's you make the you make your routine. You right. You did all that work. Then you perform it once, probably for good. But then you have to do it again and again mm-hmm. for like seven mm-hmm. cities across right. the country. Like come on, right. and sometimes multiple times in the same city. Oh gosh, <laughs> right. <laughs> i've got a i've got you know i've got a two or a three night stay over at this city you're doing two or three shows so yeah people come back and re-see you and you've got to be just as funny the second and third time as you were the first time it it reminds me of well it makes me think that that's why comedy specials are almost really coveted because you get to just have one yeah, right, and it's recorded, and mm-hmm. people can just come back to it. It could still be funny without yeah. you having to cost you your mental state, your sanity, right. in yeah. the process. It's rough. I it's rough. Although I got granted, I do love. If I were to prefer for myself, like the kind of comedy that I would do, I would definitely do try to do roasts. I would definitely like to attend one and engage in one because those mm-hmm. are because I like the idea of hurting your feelings and laughing about it. Right. Right, yeah. But no, it, it has to be in the setting. It has to be, like, obviously it's consensual insulting. So <laughs> right. everyone's in on it. If you want to see a brutal one, look up um, uh, The Roast of Justin Bieber. Oh, I love that one. I did watch that <laughs> one. It was great. Uh, yeah, that one's pretty rough. Like, Martha Stewart was amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. That was, oh, goodness. Gotta that check was, that out. Yeah. But, those are both, I feel like those are both very overt forms of comedy that um, they're fun. I like both of them because it's like you don't have to think that much to get it. But I do like more subtle forms of, of comedy as well. More mm. um, like satire, well done satire is amazing. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and and again, just as difficult to pull off. Oh, oh, absolutely. Because sometimes you, I think for satire is you have a running joke, but the joke has to be funnier as the joke keeps going rather than lose its right, like rather than lose the. Yeah. What do you call that? Like the the effect, the impact. Yeah, like it still needs to keep going. Um, what, what's a good satire show? I I think Veep is that one. Veep is one. Yeah, because that, that's one of my favorites. Actually, Veep is fantastic. I mm. the insults that they threw down, I could not. Like they got away with so many quotes. It was amazing. I was. They're like, I can't. I don't have time to ignore you. Can somebody ignore him for me? Like it was yeah. just full on. Yes. Yes, and it, it keeps going. It'll just yeah. keep going. They don't stop. And I mean, there we go. Uh, yeah. Any other satire shows that are a little bit less in that direction, but still a satire? It's mm-hmm. a good question. I haven't. See, here's my problem: is I haven't seen any recently, and so my mind is like trying to search for good satire. Damn. I don't think so either. It's it's a rough it's a rough gig. It's um, I think it's hard to come up with good ones, and that's part of the problem. Um, yeah. I mean, I uh, suppose you could say you could say like Parks and Recreation would be somewhat satire. Oh, like things like that and Thirty Rock, like they kind of yeah, yeah, they kind of kind of bounced off of each other in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it. I see it. Those no, they were funny too. Have you ever heard of the the show Party Down? I have not. It's a very un- I wouldn't say underground, but it's not a. F- well-known show like i think it only had like one or two seasons only mm-hmm. and it had so it had like the karen from will and grace from there it had mm-hmm. oh, it was that that guy from shoot i'm just trying to remember where he came from karen wasn't even the main character she wasn't even the main it, um adam from parks and rec and or and arrested development i think was also on there too like a lot of big shots okay. were there All and right. it's one of their starting they were starting up, I think, with this show, and it was ridiculously funny. Like, I had no idea how this was going to go down. Basically, the premise is they were a catering company who are hired to go to high-functioning parties to provide, you know, the food and the catering, the whatever the business. Um, but they're also ridiculous. Like, they're also foolish and dumb, and they're just, they don't care. So... Mm-hmm. They also hired people who were probably just trying to get a quick buck. So they really didn't really care about whatever craft that they're doing. <laughs> so right. things would just devolve in every party that they go to. And it's amazing. I was not. They mm. were, and they were so petty. Like there's this one where they, to annoy the their employer at the time who hired them for that party, they started banging pots and pans, pretending that in the tent they were doing something naughty. Mm. But they're just banging pots and pans and just yelling. And it was just a scene <laughs> of just, oh, yeah. Like, it was just constant, like, yelling it. And the guy's like, what are you doing? And then you just pan the camera. And they're literally just dancing <laughs> and banging the pots. Like, it's just, it's just simple. So, yeah, yeah just check it out. It's weird. It's hilarious. Um, there seems to be a small plot every time and then, like, throughout the whole thing, which uh-huh. is fine. But. I don't know, it was one of my favorite ones. And I still kind of, I come back to it every now and then because it still makes me laugh. It's ridiculous. Um, but that's all I know for so pseudo-satire, if you can sure. call it that way. Right, but, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, we covered a lot of topics today. We really have. We really, really have. <laughs> How long have we been talking? I don't even know, dude. 
Like, <laughs> you're the one with the recorder. I, yeah, but it doesn't tell me how long. <laughs> I should have timed this. That's fine. That doesn't matter. I'm a. I, I've got. I've got time. If you want to keep going, or, or... yeah, oh, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, we have a, since we did cover topics. Um, I, we could conclude topics like favorite okay. films. <laughs> Let's see, favorite films. So I've. I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Um, oh, okay. He's he's a directorial genius. He really is. Um, and I just, I love his work. Everything he's done has been, um, in one way or another, very intriguing to me. Um, so you could pick almost any of his. Um, one of my top all-time favorites, and probably always will be, is Gladiator. Um, oh, gla- oh, nice. It's just, it's great story, great acting, great visuals. Um, I think it just all comes together there as a single Wait, point. Gladiator is like a common thing for you, I feel. Uh, no, it's a jealousy thing. Oh. <laughs> um, I wish I had an opportunity like that. I don't. I don't wish I had his opportunity because that was um, super devastating. But, like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, uh, being an ESTP, I've my entire life dreamed of getting into fight. So, um, action movies and especially, uh, especially some with great fight scenes are always near and dear to my heart. I, I love war movies, um, action movies. Y- yes, just yes. So, uh, does that make me weird? Does that make me no, weird? No, no, it just makes you different. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I can, yeah. I mean, you know, at this point, it's just differences. It has nothing to do with, but I don't know. Twenty in the year 2020, where everyone's weirdness is all coming out to the point where is anyone even weird at all? Because everyone's just yes. had some kind of underground weirdness already going on. I mean, that's how I go about my life. I I yeah. believe every person I meet has a skeleton that's probably dressed up as something else in oh, the closet sure. and it's just living its life and I, it's as long as i don't know and it doesn't bother like it doesn't affect me i don't really see the point I although sometimes things. sometimes i don't want to know you know like some people can have really crazy ones that i'm interested like i have yeah. a huge thing for a documentary about mystery about people having secret lives sure because it's wild <laughs> it, can, it can be for sure because have you i don't know if you've seen the show but they talked about um this, the wife had a well she was mostly prominent on social media especially facebook so she would portray her family as a certain way but then the entire time her husband's been plotting to kill her the entire oh, wow. time and we don't know until the time it actually happened and of course it was pretty gruesome because he, he did get rid of um maybe the choice of words is not that heart warming he planned to also you know kind of also with the, the children too which were really young which is also mm-hmm. all because he had started a new relationship with somebody else. Right. And he was already feeling the strain with his, the wife currently. Um, even though it felt we like reading the, like watching the documentary and then watching the YouTube version as well is seeing that it didn't seem like there was a reason for him to do that because right. they were just trying to fix the relationship. She was already willing to compromise and mm-hmm. kind of communicate. Uh, although she herself is a little bit, 
how do I put this? I wouldn't say that's not the word. Isn't emotional. She's just reactive. So sure. because she has such a strong personality, she would be reactive most of the time rather than listen, which I feel like would have been on her end. But at the end of the day, she still didn't deserve what happened to her. Like even sure. if right, like even if she was that kind of person, it made no sense because for him to do that to her, and fascinating because like he came mm. off so well. What's funny to me is um. I'm not a good lie detector. I don't know. I'm not good okay. at it. I don't feel like I am. because. And I also read a bit too where sometimes when, when people actually did a study, generally a lot of majority of people aren't actually good at it because we kind of base it off of our own experiences and personal mm-hmm. understanding on how lying is done and our own. How we also lie and I suck at that. Right. right. <laughs> um, I also suck at lying. So there's that. Um, but, it's not a bad thing necessarily. Yeah, it's not supposed to be bad, but then when I see it, like I feel like my friends ha- who were watching it with me had a better grasp on what a person was expressing, which I wonder if it's um no, I could be wrong, but it could be an FE thing. Like they could just tell that he wasn't just expressing what he needed to express and because he was holding back, it, something was fishy or suspicious about him. And I didn't know. I thought he was just expressing because <laughs> I usually don't express my feelings. And right, I mean, right. I don't express it the same way. So in my head I'm thinking, "Oh, snap. Am I does what <laughs> so i started relating myself to the person oh, and i started thinking oh well have i no i haven't done that actually i can't relate myself like that was my thought process where i'm like thought i could be the same because i had i struggle with emotional expressions too mm-hmm. and then i realized wait the fact that i'm questioning it means i'm not one exactly. is often the go-to right like if was yeah. it like sociopath if you have to ask if you were you're likely not right so <laughs> at least I could sleep peacefully knowing yes, that's the case. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, to the guy who accused me of one, it's like, yo, it's not happening. <laughs> Whatever fantasy you think I got with the room, <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, mysteries. I mean, I like a good, uh, what's another word? I like a good, div- 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 what's that the word? It's not degradation. It's um, div- devolving of a character. Sure. Sometimes it's fun to watch. Sometimes it's, like it's a person going absolutely bonkers. But then it's, I can't say that with such uh, confidence because I actually didn't like Joker when I watched it. Mm. it was, I wasn't as entertained as I thought mm-hmm. I would be. Um, and I tried not to listen to the hype. Like I tried to block sure. all of that and then just watch it. But I guess I still wasn't. And I don't know if other people would be like, oh my god, it's such a great film. It still is. I mean, aesthetically speaking, and probably a lot of the decisions they made were pretty good. Uh-huh. It's just that I personally just wasn't, you know, pulled by it. Sure. So there was that. Like, I probably, it's the best one I could compare it to. Well, I wouldn't say compare it to, but something that actually hit me more was things like Nightcrawler. Like right. Jake Gyllenhaal's um, yep. Nightcrawler was probably more uh, impactful for me. Um, even the Velvet Buzzsaw with the other film he did was more impactful than that. And uh, what's another impactful movie for me? I don't know. I, I, when I think of it'll, it'll come to me once I figure it out. But yeah, it's like it wasn't as as uh, stabby stabby in my brain that I thought it would have been or would have mm-hmm. done. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I guess that's life. Um, but so yeah. you're talking about you're talking about the devolving of characters, and you just said stabby stabby, and I can't help but. <laughs> Um, think about the movie Knives Out. Oh, I love that film. <laughs> right, that was I love how stupid. It was. Such, it was such a good movie. Such a good I, movie. 
it inspired me to buy my first white sweater. Chris yes. Evans' sweater was the best actor. Not him, the sweater. Right. Right. The no, it, it, it spoke volumes um, in, in every scene it was in. Um, no, I think, I think what I loved about that film particularly is not just the intentional misdirection that right. was put in there, because you could almost guess it based on how it was filmed that they were intentionally misdirecting people. Um, I loved hearing Daniel Craig attempting to have a Southern gentleman accent. <laughs> that was phenomenal. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just him as the right his his debut as the so-called debut right as James Bond. So mm-hmm. it's funny to see him be a lot less contained and more right. jumpy because he seemed jumpy when he's trying to explain things. Right, right. He, yep. He like talked faster than he typically does. Like in the other one, he's always. I'm the guy who speaks the least in the room. And then this time right. he's like, no, no, let me finish. Like I got something to say. Right. No, it was, it was fun to see him in that role. I, I genuinely enjoyed seeing him um, in that part. That was so fun. Um, I think it was, it was fun. Really. They had such an eclectic group of actors and actresses in that film that I would have never have imagined casting together, but worked so well <laughs> i i like that actually because it made me care about them yes like it made me care, at least care to some of them and then not care about the others like if i were to have that polarizing feeling inside i feel like that's a good film because mm-hmm. then you're a good actress if you're an actor if you're making me feel a certain way i was like wow good job it yes. doesn't happen often <laughs> so something i thought was interesting is all of the big name actors they got in that film and the one person they brought in knew that basically nobody knew was the main character of that girl, the, um, the oh, nurse, yeah. right? Yeah. But what that did, as I thought about it more, what that did is not it, it helped to enhance the isolation for her. Because mentally, you don't have anything else to tie her to. That's true. She and she kind of a, a, like a straight woman or the straight man. Trope. Yeah. Because yeah. it harmonized all of everybody else. Because everyone's all messed up. They're all big personalities in that film, too. Yeah. And when you think <laughs> when you think about that movie, you can almost mentally have this picture of her and everybody else on opposite sides. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of how it lays out, for me anyway, mentally, when I think about it. And it's just interesting. I, I feel like bringing in a new new actress for that role really helped to cement that mental imagery, which really enhanced the overall experience of the film. And that can be a risk too, for hiring big names. Cause that yep. could be a, strat- a strategic move, I guess from the director's part or whoever the casting director was to get mm-hmm. that girl in. Because if they had hired, let's say another girl in, it would have just been eh, like everyone's just a big shot, right. but because one wasn't, Everyone's just actually focused on the plot rather than, oh, hey, it's that guy from Avengers. You know, like people didn't have to make that connection anymore because they were so busy trying to understand this one. And it makes you empathize with her more because you feel like she's a nobody being picked on by all of these celebrities. I like that. It's funny because uh, sometimes you don't have to have a big name behind yourself to to have an advantage in the business. Mm -hmm. You just have to be good. Like, just gotta be, it's got to be the right role and you've got to own it yeah i've always been a fan of that people who just owned it 
Yes. I'm all about that life. Just if you're gonna be weird, just be weird. Don't pretend like you're not. Cause right. I feel like if if people can already figure that you're pretending, somebody else is also too. So might as well just drop that and just go for it. Right. <laughs> right. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, people I love like, professionals. Right? The overly professional people are like, I'm like this, like the air of whatever it is, the air that they wanted to happen. But it's like we all know you go home and brush your right. teeth and yep. you eat dinner like normal people like it's right. a thing put your pants on one leg at a time yeah or two i mean if you're maybe that's their quirk right they like to jump into their pants ah there you go yeah but then i don't i don't got time for that no too much I, I, i've actually built <laughs> too much yeah no like i've built so much carbs around my belly that bending has now become an issue that's what COVID has done to me now. Um, oh, I've been in this computer seat for way too long. And yeah, so I've been trying to like, there is no flexibility. Let's put it that way. There's no flexibility going on. Um, some days I fantasize about being a jellyfish. There you go. Yeah, because it's my only source of freedom that I could think of. An amoebus blob. Yes, just a blob that can still swim. I feel like that's kind of my how I'm, my goal is now. But yeah, life. <laughs> it happens, doesn't it? To the best yeah. of us and the worst of us. <laughs> the worst. We're I mean, just all there. If, if if in all honesty, I do like living with me, if that makes sense. Like I think sure. I made peace with that as early as I could because I figured it out. I think I think I was at 19 when I figured it out. Where I was like, I'm not gonna leave this body anytime soon. So I might mm-hmm. as well figure out how I'm going to wake sense with this like i'm gonna have to wake up look in the mirror i can't hate myself in the morning that doesn't make sense to me no. like how does that affect it will affect a lot of things in my life so if and that's and i'm busy i got bills to pay so i can't be right. spending my early morning in that mindset so no, it takes too much that. energy it does i don't know how people have the time i mean if they have the time i'm in good job but it's, it's not fun either i think that's something i think that's another seven thing like, yeah, skip for this. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's when people say that. Here's the thing that I, I don't know if it would make sense for you, but they say like it's easy for us to be optimistic. It actually isn't. I feel like it's a conscious choice every time. Maybe it's instinctual sure. nowadays, now that we're older, but sure. it's definitely conscious of me to reframe things. I often have yeah. to sit there and pep talk my way with like any other person does. Mm hmm like that's what you do you kind of have to and like some people who don't have that going on i mean good job that you could just get up and do i feel i feel like those are threes though like type three probably are the ones that can just get up and just do it because jc's been like oh i worked out a couple days ago i'm like when how yeah (laughs) got up and started doing sit-ups like (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand i'm confused with that because i've never I mean, I tried that one time. Actually, let's be real. I did try that. Be like, you know, just get up randomly and be like, you know what? Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't repeat it. It was just like I did it once and I was just happy that I did it once. And then I was satisfied. And I was like, oh, I have to repeat that feeling every day. I'm like, no, that's not happening. Yeah, I- but see, here's the thing is you've got to, and, and maybe not, maybe this is a me thing. I have to have a system for everything. And it doesn't have to be scheduled, a scheduled system like, like a ESTJ would probably have. Mm-hmm. Uh, right but i have the way that i do things so if i'm going to work out this is how i'm going to do it if i know that this is my process 
then I know regardless of what time of day or where I'm at, when I can plug that process in and do it. Uh, oh, dang. Oh, that's something. I probably See should. that way. So everything, everything in my life, I sometimes come across as a judger to people because I have these systems figured out. And this is my TI probably. Yeah. Over, right. Or I have this system that is the most effective way for me to do something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for me to get the result that I want out. And so I just take that system and plug it in, no matter what it is, whether it's um, playing with the kids, whether it's, you know, work, exercise, um, socializing, whatever it is. And I just plug it in whenever it's the right time for it. And it can be in any order. That doesn't bother me. Um, but it just has this, like you're, yeah, like it has its own bubble of a system that you need to follow yep. through. Maybe I should just do it like that instead, because I'm a little too free. <laughs> yeah. See, that way, that way, it's like you can just decide. I'm sitting at my desk and I'm feeling this way. I need to stretch and be like, okay, I'm going to get up and do my workout then, because this is this is the feeling that's going to motivate me to do it. Right? I'm like stiff and sore from sitting here. Motion, movement is going to feel good. So why not? use that as the catalyst for whatever workout, even if it's five minutes. And five minutes is a lot, right? Here I am trying to get yeah, advice. It, it depends on what you're doing. But See, this, yeah. is, this is why I actually brought you here, is to learn. <laughs> I'm just here to, like, steal ideas is basically what I'm doing. Isn't that all any of us do? Oh, goodness. I mean, yeah. Was it stealing is the best form of flattery? <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's quite how it goes, but close, <laughs> right? Close, good enough. People are like, "What you stole?" I, I no, I haven't really stolen like heavy, heavy steals. Like I've never really been that. My gold. I'm just trying to remember if I actually stole anything substantial. I don't think I have. Um, pencils, I guess. I've stolen time. Time is actually. I think I'm more of a conceptual thief than anything. Oh, I just steal go. time because. I can waste my time, just not someone else's time. So when it's sure. right, when it's myself, I could just do whatever I want, which is not exactly a good thing. But yeah, yeah, you put me on a roller coaster. Maybe I'll confess something. That's usually when it happens. A roller coaster? You don't like yeah. roller No, I do. It just makes me confess. It's like one of those things that kind of go hand in hand when something's like yeah because like, it's funny because you could scream as loud as you can on a roller coaster and nobody cares. Everyone's screaming too. Really? So you could just yell it out, be like, I stole this from this person, and then just like yell it out and then just oh. dive. And then you've you know you get a picture, you look, you know, horrible, but that's fine. <laughs> like it's, it's part of the experience, if anything. Uh, see, I can't I can't do it. I can't uh I can't let go like that. Oh <laughs> I well my friends don't I, I think the only one I could go roller hard roller coaster is my ESFJ friend. Um for some reason both of us it's, it's just what we do. Like we would we would do a challenge of see who the endurance, like how many can we go in a within let's say four hours, as many as possible at once. But then we have to strategize because if you do a spinning one, that can kind of I can throw ruin. You yeah, and that can ruin a bit of the experience. So we try not to do the dizzying ones, but we try the most high velocity everything we could. Nice. Um, yeah, but it's great because then you, it's like your own natural Botox. 
because the wind just pushing your skin back. Right? It, it feels great. Behind your ears. Yeah, the amount of screaming I've done during amusement parks has de-aged me, which I miss. I feel like that's why I miss it. I, I feel like it helps with my keeping my youthful figure is kind of where where I'm at with amusement parks. It's not, the, it's not the same in other things. I don't think so. Well, and yeah. let, me, right, let me clarify. I wasn't saying I couldn't let I can't let go of the control and scream. Okay. I like, I like tense up and just hold everything in. and oh. poke. Really? Like the- yeah. <laughs> yeah. You must be funny to, to do a ride in a roller coaster with, though, because... Like I used to, whenever I would tense up, it actually hurts my body more. So I figured if today was the last day, at least I paid off my bills and I'm going <laughs> to go off with it. That's, that's how my mind, like my brain's like trying to mentally make sense of all that's going on. Like I had to make sure that at least that morning of, I <laughs> made sure that the next day was fine so I could completely lose it on the time where I'm actually on the hill that's doing awesome. that descent. Because the minute that goes down, Right, like I can't think about the future then, right? It's already happening. I can't really just do that. So we'll do the preparation beforehand. And then but see the drop the drop is the best part of the roller coaster. It is. The free fall. And yeah. you know what it's me is is it doesn't hit me until they start pulling up off of that descent. The drop doesn't bother me. Cresting the top, even the slow crawl when you're looking over the edge, that doesn't bother yeah. me. The drop doesn't bother me. It's once it starts pulling back up that that change of force is just <laughs> crazy oh great oh i love thrills it's crazy oh, sure. it's the best thing ever um i think it's the closest i can ever get to the sexual instinct ever when people keep saying about like oh the tension and the feeling of you know alive right. and i'm like no i get that at a roller coaster so i don't right. need it from someone else <laughs> I've, Right. I can accomplish that myself, thank you. Like I could figure it out. I get um, enough off my own living. I don't need uh, to experience it through anybody else. I found that funny actually. Like people, like I've, I don't know if I've maybe I'm the weird one in this case, but I'm not impressed by the other like the sexual instinct. Like I just I'm not. Like it's just it's great. I actually am mystified sometimes when I observe it, but having to deal with it myself, like if I wanted to go for it and do anything related to that, it mm-hmm. doesn't like, it doesn't give me the same feeling of fulfillment or reward. Well, I feel myself. like, I feel like self-pres and sexual instincts are almost opposites. Oh yeah. I mean, in the sevens, definitely. Cause we are supposed to be, um, it's almost air and earth. Like I'm more earth and they're more air. Yeah. is how they were described by chestnut. Cause uh they're in love with the fantasy and the tension and the like all that stuff and then i'm over here going like so what's the so i can get this for 50 percent off like, just... exactly exactly <laughs> yes you get the thrill <laughs> out of the bargain oh absolutely if i could get something not at full price yo like that's where i'm at like Dude, you mean i, I could have... get three for two like it's just come on i have an app I check every time before I buy something because it tells me if there's a good deal on that item or yes. one similar. See, this is what we do. <laughs> and this is just, this is just life. This is like, and, and not only when I'm looking to buy something, but even if I'm not, I know all the things I need. If I can scroll through here and something randomly pops up that I happen to need and it's a good deal. That's like a double bonus. 
if I was born in as a boomer or a Generation X, I would be a hardcore couponer, like h- hardcore, like yes. decided. Because if I would have a binder that's compiled of every single possible deal, then I would just bulk buy at Costco with the exact coupon that I could use, or just be aware of certain what is it department right. stores. Mm-hmm. My closet would just be like I would be set for whatever end of the world scenario people are thinking like it will just be done and right like and people are like oh that's so weird why would you it's not like how you're not gonna use like seven boxes of toothpaste i'm like you don't know my life right you can use toothpaste to heal a burn like it's just listen toothpaste makes a great spackling for small cracks on a wall really yes it actually does and if you have like a white off-white cream colored wall it will almost blend with the color, so you really don't even have to paint over it. You can just. I'm learning today. I like. I did not expect here. to learn today, and here we are. It's also a great defogger for glass, glasses, snorkel masks, windows. You uh, just dab a little toothpaste, mix it with some water to thin it out, and yeah. rub it over the glass, and it uh, prevents fog up. What? I didn't get. Like, I didn't have to buy that defogging nope. cloth thing nope. and okay. and <laughs> and you can use it on you know how headlights even yeah yellowish right you can use it on that and it'll hurt them up okay so that's what we're doing today <laughs> that's yeah, make sure you get it, yeah you got to do it inside and out of the the plastic but yeah oh snap that sounds amazing there, well, there we go. I mean, I the car that I mean, I bought the car. I'm not leasing any cars, mm-hmm. so that's mine when it's all done being paid. So I, it's all my whatever I want to manipulate it to be. Because you know how like that writ that thing when you lease it, you have to return it, and it's just yes. a nightmare. I was like, yeah, let's just not do that, and then no. lose all the money, possibly, no. right? Because you're just putting that money in for nothing. Exactly. So just own the car and if things do do go south you can sell it and then use that as a down payment of a next one so right like you still have money in your pocket exactly when things go down yeah i mean it's it's a resource a growing one it's an investment there we go (laughs) that's it investment that's what i meant there we go that's the word (laughs) and people are like investments really it's like yes because you're trying to make sure your tomorrow is set like that's why i sleep so good every night okay because i know tomorrow has there is an existence of a tomorrow not only not only have you done your best in the moment for setting it up you know that you're going to have a positive outlook regardless exactly i'm all about maximizing your benefits and minimizing your what is it like the cost about it yep because why not make it work make it happen i'm just so dude funny story about buying a vehicle okay oh yeah okay in 2017 i got out of the air force okay um i had been driving a pontiac aztec for anybody who doesn't know what that looks like look it up they are ugly um for 10 years and i bought it used um and i had to drive from mississippi to nebraska and my wife told me that thing is not reliable go get a different vehicle Mm mm-hmm I was doing it. I was driving it on my own. I didn't have anybody riding with me or following me or anything. Yeah. So I went to the dealership, found a vehicle I liked, um, and they wanted to take the Aztec for a test drive. So they, you know, for the trade-in. I was like, sure, here you go. 
And I started telling them all the quirks they needed to know about while they were driving it. Um, the guy's like, yep, okay, all right, cool, sounds good. Takes off for a test drive, comes back, looks me dead in the eye and goes, Brother, if anybody deserves a new vehicle, it's you. Dropped the keys on the, on the salesman's desk and walked off. No. <laughs> wow. Okay. Dude, that thing was so rickety. Like, I had taken it to England and back. Um, and all, I mean, it was, I'd had it, let's see. I bought it in Iowa, drove it to New Mexico, shipped it to England, drove it there for four years. The roads in England are horrible. They're really bad. If you're not on like a main highway, yeah, super, super bumpy and just horrible for suspension and all that stuff and brakes. Um, got it shipped back to Mississippi, drove it here for another five years. And it was like... I had to rewire the brake lights, my brake booster, which is what keeps the pressure on the brake pedal when you're braking. Yeah. Right? Like, that was going out. Um, Turn signals sometimes worked. Cruise control was out. Um, Yeah. Because why not? (laughs) Just because. But that is the ultimate kind of i mean you got your money's worth out of that oh i did oh i absolutely like, did absolutely drove it all the way is but that's not your car now right <laughs> no no okay. fortunately, it's not. fortunately it's not no so no i've got a i've got a much newer vehicle now that that everything works on it uh-uh. dang so, not bad though not bad at all i i can't say that I had the same i'm not as i would say fluent in the language of cars <laughs> um, I I would say though that I've just been been careful when it came to to car purchases and like anything related to it because it could it could rack up oh, quite a bill. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm actually sort of thankful that my dad's actually a handyman and part time mm-hmm. mechanic, his own personal part time mechanic. It's not a business right. or anything. Sure. Because like let's say, uh, like for example, like right now I got to change my my oil. Like it's an oil change and that could be something that people like to go to a shop for. Right. And just change right. it. But my dad's like, let's just change it. And I'm going, I'm down. Like, yeah, <laughs> show me absolutely. how it's done. Like, let's get it. Absolutely. Cause it, I could spend the hundred or I could spend probably less than that. Oh and yeah. Make the time thing and then just replace it. And t- plus I'm not using it as often cause COVID. What am I going to be is? driving around for? Yeah. Like what's yeah. the point? Let's just change the oil and then call it a day. So why not? Mm-hmm. But Definitely. yeah, things like that. Like I've been trying to, like, my dad's like teaching me how to replace like a brake pads for one and replacing, um, I found out what a serpentine belt is the other month, which was interesting. And I realized how important it was. I was like, oh, yes. wow. Yeah. And an alternator. Okay. Apparently <laughs> alternators on a, on a CRV is painfully annoying where it was placed compared to a, a Civic. Because it's in the middle in between two other areas, like two other things. Mm-hmm. And you also have to deal with that belt going through yep. it. And yet for my Civic, you open it, it's literally on the top. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. if yeah. you want to replace your alternator, just get it over with. It's done. And then for his, it was a nightmare. And I'm going, mm-hmm. oh, at least now we know. Exactly. Uh, 
it's expensive, yeah, to get the part, but I mean, it's better than spending more just to get somebody else to do it for you. Oh, me. for sure. For sure. So. At some point, though, at some point, there are things that even though you can do it yourself, the annoyance and difficulty of it is not worth it. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> and and that's always the balance I'm trying to figure out because I'm a, I'm a handy kind of I can probably do just about anything when it comes to replacing something on a vehicle or on a house or anything like that, building things. I can I can probably do it. But the question is, is the money I'm going to save doing it myself worth the extra time it's going to take me to do no, it? No, absolutely. Yeah. I having had experience with my dad, like, for example, any kind of home repair, home reno, I'm actually kind of down for because mm-hmm. I've been introduced to it, like laminating flooring, sure. uh, like putting up drywall, fixing that up, replacing a toilet, like things like that are actually kind of fun to watch and actually kind of help out yeah you're right if if having to do it myself is it worth it like rather than just doing the time because especially time wise in situations might be better to just not have to right but yeah it's i have a huge respect for anything physical now i think i'm at that age where i didn't think it would be an advantage but here we are (laughs) <laughs> kind of like like knowing how to work with wood and metal that i've been introduced to as a kid was actually i didn't think it would be useful and then here we are i mean i'm a low sensor so it's just something i never really thought of would sure. matter but then here we are and i'm like oh i'm actually like i'm comfortable with it like i'm not completely like i i suck at estimations but that's what a measuring tape is for so exactly. right you can compensate for your losses somehow um but yeah like we built like gosh like the things that like just to build things is why not i mean i just had to reframe it as it's i can make it look like art because i feel like i had to tap into that emotional side of me to be like Mm. motivated to do it so i'm like this is going to be art and then even though it's literally just a chore but (laughs) (laughs) replace it replace it in your mind and then it just makes it easier to handle so (laughs) i don't know as a as a dominant sensor i love building things and working with my figuring it out for myself I, you, you do that <laughs> <laughs> I, i'll watch and cheer you on and then like right. if you need help i'll help out because it's not bad like upholstery i've done surprisingly i've yeah. done it and it's yeah. here we are like it's there you go we could do couches if we could make chairs and it's like hey yeah. let's go make Absolutely. a chair why not? why not um even welding i've done fat metal fabrication nice it's a strange it's a strange background. My dad's was like, I'm going to buy a new TIG and I want to teach you because it's just going to be for home. And I'm like, all right. I mean, sure, let's do it. Because his last one was way too heavy. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really heavy. It was really, it was an old model. And he's like, it's not this, it's, it's, he's like, it's great, but it's also, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just an old model. He's like, I want to buy a new one. And this time it's going to be lightweight. And it's almost like you're soldering things now. Right. Like that's how different experiences i was like yo i mean i've had experience soldering i'm like make it happen so we'll see how that goes nice to my mom's detriment because she's like oh more tools in the house but eh, she got two boys in the house so that's it yeah (laughs) exactly Exactly. no i love i love welding and and, i mean just building of any kind when i was uh one of my first jobs i got when i was a kid um i was 14 and I got a job at a local uh, rental shop that rented out all kinds of tools and equipment and, and gear. Um, 
And I worked there as an engine mechanic and just fixed things and helped customers see how to use them. And um, they had a whole basically machine shop downstairs. And I would really damn any broken piece of equipment. um, I would just take down there. And if I couldn't find the part to buy or it was too expensive, I would just get materials and, and make it. I mean, they had, they had, all the welding equipment you could imagine. They had, you know, drill presses. They had a plasma cutter. They had a paint booth. They had um, sandblasting equipment. Like, I mean, they had everything. They had everything. And so, oh, it was amazing. And I loved it because they loved it because they had a huge pile of equipment that was just broken. And this was just like broken equipment that they had just never gotten rid of. Yeah. Um, and after I was there for a little bit and had everything figured out, like work-wise and, and, and everything was working and how it should be, I just started pulling a piece of equipment out of there one at a time and fixing it, getting it back into circulation just because I didn't want to be bored. Um, and it was just, it was a blast. It was like the best thing ever. It literally was not like working for me because it was just so much fun to figure yeah, things out and make it work again. Yeah, you're basically given this, what do you call it? Like really much the tools to make whatever you want so have fun like go crazy and just live it my dad made his own table saw just out of not like you know whatever i'm i'm bored let's make a table saw and i'm going like all right and now we have shelving (laughs) i asked him to help make me like my new dresser like uh just a cabinet format of just and he's like well let's get some stainless steel and i'll color it black and fill it in from there and i'm like actually that sounds good i mean i'm going minimal and i don't need anything flashy at Mm -hmm. all and Mm -hmm. why not let's just make it happen and i want taller that's like this that's i guess i would say that i have a vision i have an idea but then i don't i always miss out on details when it comes Mm -hmm. to to actually execution so a lot of the times i get nervous when it comes to introducing ideas because i'm always like i want it to be this way i just don't really know how to get there it's kind of mm. my, my brain doesn't really fill in that right in the right way. So sure. hence why I need sensors or people <laughs> who are detail oriented to like bring it in to the table and be like, so we can make that happen. But you need to sacrifice a little idealism right. because, right. you know, this needs to happen. This I'm going, oh, OK. Yeah. No, that's that's See, th- this is why you befriend sensors. <laughs> Well, and you know what? I run out. Here's the thing. I love I love uh, intuitives because they have all these random ideas and concepts that I can then build off of that I wouldn't come up with on my own, right? Like because I'm just like, no, this is this is a piece of angle iron. It's nothing else. And you're like, yeah, but what if you did this and this and this? And I'm like, okay, now I see all the possibilities because you explain them to me, and now I can I can anchor my knowledge how it can be used with what we can make with it and put the two together and come up with something awesome. I feel that like actually makes sense. Um, no, because I, I've definitely had situations with my dad where he had this idea of like how to get rid of the alternator, like going back to the car thing, getting rid of the uh-huh. alternator, replace it. And he just couldn't, cause we couldn't, we didn't have the equipment. First of all, we weren't going to go to the, the shop to actually 
right. get this done professionally. It wasn't the option. And a lot of the stuff on YouTube, the people had like these other machinery to help empty the brake lines and everything so that sure. you actually could create space to remove it. But mm-hmm. because we also didn't have that going on, we had to somehow squeeze the alternator through the small space so that right. we could replace it. And he was like, well, something's going to go wrong because we don't know how we're going to do this. So I was like, well, why not move it slightly? The what's it called? Like this, not the power steering. It's um, the windshield liquid container a little bit to the left and then maybe move the other kind of cord closer to us. And then that way you can create space without mm-hmm. having to worry about like, just make sure it doesn't spill. Because at the end of right. the day, it's like you're only worried about the liquid spilling or making a gash somewhere Uh i was like oh yeah okay that makes sense he's like we're just gonna do it i'm like yeah i mean i'm still here like (laughs) i'm down to go to the chaos with you so if whatever falls is both of our responsibility anyway i mean i might as well have fun with it (laughs) it's just my mindset i'm like if we're already gonna drown might as well go out with a bang so absolutely and he's like yeah so there we go i mean that's why people tell me that i'm the person you go you have a car accident with because I'm not going to make a deal out of it. Like it's kind of it's like okay, well, get the picture and move on. Like yeah. just Well, and I think I think a lot of extroverted types in general are probably gonna do better in those situations because it is more focused on what's what's really there, what's happening, what's around us, what's the next step forward in life. You know what I mean? Like extrovertedly. Oh yeah. No, I, I can definitely see that. Um, I also think that because of how we are, we almost can appreciate our quiet times even more so. Because mm-hmm. I cannot believe the amount of introverts who are not going well, like going through something well. And it's interesting to watch them, to have that mm-hmm. moment. Because it's, I guess they're just so used to being this the realm. And then the fact that this became the routine is the, the thing that's causing them stress. And right. I'm always like, huh huh interesting (laughs) i was like and here i am partying alone with like the ghost of megan trainer's ass song like what is we will socialize with anyone anything (laughs) (laughs) maybe okay maybe at this point i'm just admitting how crazy i've actually become over the months like maybe that's what the truth is here because i'm just sitting here going like huh i mean granted i haven't heard the sound yet so maybe that's fine maybe we're done that but I don't know. You addressed it and now it's scared. Yeah. You know when people like try to freak you out and then you realize you're into it and then they're like, oh. Yep. No, wait. You're not supposed to be into it. I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) Come back. (laughs) Like, it's just. No, that's fun. Where are you going? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be so. It could be so disorienting for the other person. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think I live for that too. Like I live for that 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 other disorientation because seeing them in shock is the best thing ever. Oh yes, it's like the joke just got played on them instead, and they don't I know what to that. do. With it. I love adding on to the joke. They where they think that I'm being like that, that I got offended, but actually I just want to add on and make the effect bigger. Yes. So it almost becomes meta in a way. And then I don't know if that actually does anything for the humor, but I'm having fun. So right. that's what matters. <laughs> that's what matters. I was like, <laughs> you're laughing. I want to laugh too. I mean, you know, like if the person is like making fun of me, I'm like, well, I kind of want to have a laugh at my own right. expense too. So why let's not? Make it happen. But then it's going to be under my rules now since. Yes. Right? Like it's just my now mind I'm goes in that thing, thing, not you. 
Exactly. Gosh, it's good times. Good times. Sure. Um, you know what? We'll end it here. We'll end it on a on a, on a laughing note. A good one. I like it. Because dang, that is a lot. We wow, that's a good first episode. If anything, it's a it is, and I haven't like I haven't updated um, I haven't updated the audio version at all in a long time. Um, yeah. So nice. this was awesome. Thanks again for oh, showing up. This was, I know we were planning on doing this later, but it was just one of those situations where like, hey, this worked out. That it's this early. is this is why perceivers work best together. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> People out there going like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Take it as you will." That's just just being honest. Um, Yeah. So who knows? I will. We'll see. Um, I want to have another one because it's fun. I'm able with more people because this is going to be even more fun. I don't know. I'm just playing in my head how how this goes. I actually don't even have a strong plan on it. I mean, today I didn't even have a plan on a topic, and here we are, like an entire hour and a half, I think. Of Close content. to it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Pretty seamless, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of podcasts are this long, so right. Like, there's never really what like a 20 minute podcast doesn't really exist. Like, it doesn't make sense if you really want to look at right. it from that thing because I mean, people usually yeah. sit here to listen. Right. right. Well, let's give them something to listen to, I guess, huh? Yeah, something to put in the background of just two people having a good time dissecting movies and why we're better than i guess other people oh better than everyone else i thought this was a good i thought you knew that going into this like that was the actual intention of this entire thing (laughs) we're literally only having a podcast so that more of the world can know how amazing compared to so the translation of that is we're looking for a job so hire us This is literally just our resume. Like we're handymen who also can talk. So that's, right. that's, just yes. kind of, that's the background now. So you get to know a little about us a little bit better. That's it. I mean, what more do you need, right? It, well, there we go. I mean, this probably would, would get people hired, right? Like if people were that I don't know. honest. I, I, I mean, I listen to people on the radio and I think, really, they're getting paid to do that? I I think that all the time, actually, because <laughs> if I if I could just repeat things like and coming up next, you know, with that voice and everything, and just I could do it. I mean, look, why don't why am I not getting paid? Sure. <laughs> just start our, I mean, that's what our podcast is, right? On radio station. Yeah. Well, actually, now that I think about it, now that we've mentioned the radio station, it's not about who's better; it's about who did it first. That is true, right? They got they got into the studio and dropped the resume first. I mean, they, they got did. it, and I'm not gonna complain about it because it makes sense, right? No, like, no, that's true. The Kudos person liked them. them. Sometimes the sometimes the voice works. Sometimes the talent like comes into play, right? Like, if especially if you have a really good like welcome to studio, blah blah, like right? Like, if you actually have yeah, the voice, yeah. go for it. But if so you didn't, mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do our intro now, ladies and gentlemen. We would like to welcome you. To the conversation pit. Was that, was that good? Did I do it all right? It was great. It was great. I just I couldn't follow th- follow up with anything because it was great. <laughs> like I'll take it. Um. Well, there we go. So we have now officially kidnapped uh, Daniel's voice for future interpretations of this episode and show. Um. Thank the you for pit, the creative that conversation. Can't crawl out of. Yeah. It it's it's happened. Um. 
so yeah with that being said uh till next time and enjoy this one and enjoy probably the next one actually wait i keep saying probably as if i'm not sure you will enjoy the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one